This is Money Stories, Episode 18. The Effect of Student Loan Debt on Vocations, Part 5, with Sister Ignatia Henneberry. Hi, and welcome to Money Stories, a podcast where we interview fellow Catholics and Christians so we can all learn from their personal money stories. I'm Caitlin Kano, a wife, mom, financial counselor, and student of all things stewardship. And I'm Diana Rojas. I'm a fourth grade teacher. I'm a children's book author, and I'm a young adult parish missionary. Hi, Caitlin. Hi, Diana. How are you doing? I'm super excited for today to talk to Sister Ignatia, so I can't wait to get to speaking with her. How have you been? Good, good. Yeah, I'm really excited about our guest today and and continuing on. This is going to be the final in this um, student loan debt series, and who knew we were going to do five episodes? on this topic and how interesting every single one was going to be. It's just been such a blessing, but um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm thrilled, but um, yeah, so we were just chatting a minute, a minute ago, but um, you were saying that you are going to be leading a faith and money matters Bible study coming up this fall. Yes. So a friend of mine down here in Miami has a young couples group that they meet regularly. And so I was just talking with her in passing and we've been trying to figure out a way where I can lead a Bible study for for some, some demographic of young adults. And she linked the two ideas with her already ongoing group of young adult couples. Um, Mm -hmm. I think mostly they're in the engagement and marriage stage and then how we link those two ideas. So I'm going to be starting soon to lead my first, actually, I'm super excited Bible study with them. And I can't wait because I loved the course so much. So hopefully I can, I can bring to them what I got out of it. So, but I think we're also, we have enrollment now for the fall courses, right? Yeah, yeah. So if people want to go and sign up, they're curious about Faith and Money Matters. Um, it's such a good study. It's six weeks. It's really not that long, um, but it is just enough to really kind of delve, delve deep into how your faith and your finances work together. Um, so we just opened up on our website the, uh, the signups for the online studies, and people can go and sign up on our website. Just um, go to compasscatholic.org click on books and studies and then go to faith and money matters. And it's a really easy process. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's amazing that even in this time of COVID, we still have access to things like zoom. We can still do these studies. And we just had a group of, um, bloggers go through a study together and we were a little bit nervous about it being only over zoom. Um, at compass Catholic, most of our studies have been done in person. And we thought there was value, which there still is, to people being in a group and physically in the same room. But this group that went through the study just bonded. They had the best mm. time and really, really had a fantastic time understanding and learning how their faith and finances work together and how to be faithful financial stewards. But they were saying because they were in the Zoom rooms, they felt more comfortable sharing and having these conversations. So I don't know if that's like a Catholic thing, if we feel more comfortable, like in the confessional type setting with the screen (laughs) up, (laughs) we feel like we can share a little bit more, but it worked and it was a really impactful um, study. But um, yeah, I just, how blessed are we that if this pandemic was going to happen, we had these resources to keep working towards growing our faith lives. You know, we all miss the in-person. I pray that we get there soon, but the resources are there. We can continue. There's no reason we can't do these things like these studies. And yeah. And how blessed are we to get someone like you to be a facilitator? I'm so, I'm, I'm so excited. The teacher in me is like so excited, beyond excited. And I know 
for me, when I first took it, I was like six weeks. It kind of sounds like a lot because it's like in my head, I'm like, oh, it's a little more than a month, but really it flies by and it is the perfect amount to get your appetite, like really hungry for more and just learning for more. So if you're in the least bit interested, just go online, at least look at the program because it's honestly so awesome. Like it, it's just been so beneficial. And I mean, that's literally how I got to where I am right now with you in the podcast. So it's been the biggest blessing in my life. So hopefully it can impact others as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's just so awesome. Yeah. But, and I'm just wondering, I don't want to put you on the spot here, but was there a particular week that spoke to you more than the others? We cover topics like debt, um, generosity, honesty, and work, and those, those different topics, um, and really delve deep into how those work with your finances. Was there a week that spoke to you more than others? Well, I mean, that first week was awesome because just the, our, our favorite word, Caitlin, stewardship, just learning, understanding the real meaning of stewardship that just opened my eyes to understanding that we're called to care for everything in our lives, not just our mm-hmm. money, not just our houses, our well-being, everything belongs to him and just taking care of it like it belongs to him. But the one thing that I have like not taken as my own, but I tell everyone, all of my friends that are my age and have debt, the whole process of paying the snowball effect, that one just like, oh, I loved that. And I have been practicing that and I've been able to pay off. I had little tiny debts, but paying them off so much quicker. And that to me, when I tell you that it blew my mind, it blew my mind. Something so simple. <laughs> I was like, why did I not know this? So I just share it with everyone. So that week that we talked about that, I loved that week. I remember I called my dad, I'm like, dad, and I told him all about it. So it was, that was probably my favorite awesome. week. I'm such a dork, but whatever. I love <laughs> The whole series was so awesome. You're not a dork, but if you were, you were a dork without debt now. So Exactly. <laughs> there you go. I'm a debt-free dork. I love it. Perfect. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, so, yeah, but today we're so excited. We get to talk with Sister Ignatia Henneberry. She recently took over the role of, as vocation director of the Sisters of St. Francis of Perpetual Adoration. And Sister's story is so interesting because she did have student loan debt. And the fund for vocations worked perfectly for her. It really just kind of paved the path where she could discern freely. Um, last week, we spoke with Father Brent Bowen and his story. I mean, we were both blown away. I, I feel like I can speak for you here. This was yes. amazing what he did, but it was hard work. It was grit. It was strategy. And he got his loans to a point where uh, the, the modern ecclesiastic fund for vocations could just take him over and his, he could enter um, his discernment. But sister's path was a little bit different in that there wasn't that period of really having to focus on debt. But I feel like it's a really good story as to how the fund worked the way it was designed to work. Um, So I'm really excited to talk to sister and hear her perspective and her story. And um, yeah, I think we'll just go ahead and jump right in. Hi, sister. How are you today? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Good. We're so happy to have you here. We're so happy to hear about your story. And that's actually kind of where I want to start. And you can just tell our listeners a little bit about your discernment, your formation, and just basically how you got to where you are right now, the, uh, the vocations director for the Sisters of St. Francis Perpetual Adoration. So just your little story about you. Okay. Uh, yeah, how I end up here is a little mystery to me too sometimes. So, <laughs> um, But yeah, just like my basic uh, vocation story. Um, so I grew up in New York, upstate New York, and didn't uh, really have sisters terribly present in the community. but. Um, once I decided I wanted to go to college, I really wanted to go someplace where I could live out my faith. And on this college campus, I um, found 
there are a lot of sisters around, um, a lot my age. So I'm going to school uh, in my classes. And so I just, the Lord just kind of used that to like put the question of religious life on my heart that I had thought about maybe when I was really young. Uh, and yeah, through that process, being more open to him, um, adoration and prayer. And then uh, after my sophomore year, well, during that time, um, I kind of discerned that the Lord was really calling me to um, enter religious life after my sophomore year of college. Um, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to study, and that was also making me a little nervous. Cause I was like, well, <clears throat> I have to like have some kind of plan, you know, or um, I'm paying for college, so it should do something for me. But like, that was pretty clear. The Lord was like, this is what I wanted you to do in coming to college was to, you know, meet these sisters. And um, so, yeah, after my sophomore year, I asked to enter the Sisters of St. Francis of Perpetual Adoration um, and was accepted. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, and that was yeah, it's now 10 years ago. So I've had a lot of different like experiences. I went back to school, um, have done the last four years I did campus ministry uh, at a university in Indiana. And now I was um, asked to be vocation director for our community. So that's been um, a fun and interesting and exciting journey. I kind of, um, yeah, what I really loved about ministry and like what I love about prospect of doing vocation work is like, I get to help young women, you know, hear the Lord's call in their life and become who they're meant to be. Like that's a pretty amazing thing to witness. So, um, and COVID has provided me a lot of time to think about what that should look like and pray. <laughs> um, so yeah, very new, but um, I'm excited. I find what's so interesting about your story, sister, is that it wasn't really what I was expecting. Um, when we're talking about your student loans, it wasn't really the barrier that it was to our, our guest last week, Father Brent, that he mm -hmm. had to devote his life for you know a, a substantial period of time to get those loans mm -hmm. paid down before the yeah. fund for vocations could step in and, and help him um, discern his vocation more freely. But what I think is so interesting about your story is that it shows how the fund for vocations really worked well. You were able to discern freely mm -hmm. because it didn't cause that that level of stress um, in your in your situation. So can you speak to that? And then can you also speak to um, how your story would have been different had you not been able to discern more freely because of your student loans? Yeah, I think, I think you're right. Like the purpose of the fund was what I got to experience. Like I um, think the important thing, at least for my own story is like with each like major decision I was making, like the Lord's prompting kind of happened first. It wasn't like, well, this, mm -hmm. this, and this factor. Okay. What, what should I do? It was like, he acted at least in my case, thank God, like pretty immediately, like in where I had to go to school. Like I knew that's where I needed to go. Like my aunt mentioned it. And at first I didn't really want to go, you know, cause people say, well, if you're like your aunt or somebody tells you like, you know, you really should look into the school. Like I was the kind of person like, well then no, I'm not. <laughs> um, but I knew that's what the Lord wanted for me. And then as I started discerning also like his promptings along the way and just like being led through that process was very, um, yeah, freeing. It wasn't this like, well, oh no, I've just wasted all this time or I've wasted all this money or, 
like that timing was, was part of his plan. So, um, so yeah, when I was asking to start the process and enter uh, communities, I mean, there's always that conversation of like, so, you know, like, where's your student loan debt at and that sort of thing. And, um, you know, we talked about it and it wasn't a, an immediate barrier, but it was like, okay, we do need to kind of take care of this. Um, yeah. And then the Matra Ecclesia fund like came up and like started the, started the application process all the while, like having this odd kind of confidence that like, well, the Lord like brought me this far, like this must just be like another step in this process. Um, and then as I was like doing the application, like, um, checking out all the numbers and everything. And then I find out that like half of my loans were paid by my grandmother <laughs> without anyone knowing, you know, it was just, I was trying to get the numbers and I'm like, well, actually, uh, congratulations. It looks like, you know, $12,000 of your loan was taken care of. And I was just like, wow. yeah, can I have that in writing, please? <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> um, so yeah, like, and then my grandmother taking care of that. And then on top of that, she's always promised to like pray her first decade of the rosary for me. Mm-hmm. Um, every time she prays a rosary. And then she says like, and I usually only pray one, de- one decade. So <laughs> it's free. <laughs> it's for you. Yeah. I just, so like, yeah, the gratitude that I mm. have felt and feel is yeah, very real. Um, so if that like was not the case and I would have, um, like if this fund didn't exist and like the stress of like, okay, now I'm either going to be a burden to this community or, well, you know, like wait, maybe let's wait. You have to kind of work on, um, you know, t- paying down your loans. Um, yeah. Cause the nature of a religious community, how we work isn't, we don't work for profit. Like that's not how it works. So maybe there's not like extra money to just like, you know, throw around. Um, so yeah. And like who, and I know like everything is a part of like the Lord's timing. He, it's Mm. not like, you know, loans come up and that's a surprise to him. Like, Oh shoot. I didn't think about that in this process, but at the same time, like we're still human. So, I mean, like if the like if there's then this like big gap of time like that's that's hard on a young person who just like wants to give up their life for something and then mm. you know if you can't uh, when you feel that you should um, yeah I'm not sure yeah if I would have been strong enough to persevere in that um, yeah given I mean pretty God that I wouldn't have given up but um, yeah and then you start second guessing yourself and mm-hmm. yeah it's just like a whole slew. Of, um, problems in the end that's not how the word typically speaks you know he doesn't typically speak in stress and uncertainty and all those things seems like he made it pretty simple for you in the fact that like you know you you didn't seem like you were when you spoke with us the other day and even say like you don't seem like you were stressed about about paying off your student loan debt you just felt like Mm. it's gonna it's gonna happen i'm not really sure but hey i'm I'm gonna trust it's gonna happen because he asked me to do this and that's such a gift yeah, huge. Like, as I was like, taking the, yeah, being more concentrated on discernment, like in that, that, like, throughout my sophomore year, it was just really clear. Like, yeah, I couldn't eat a whole lot. I was like, excited all the time. I wasn't sure about my major anymore. It was just, 
everything was kind of like leading me in that direction. Mm. So I, yeah, I guess, yeah, just like the grace to say like, well, I guess this also will kind of keep leading in that direction. However he wants to work. Yeah. Testimony to your faith and your, yes, it's awesome. Just like, okay, God, you said it's going to happen. So I'm not going to worry about it. I love that. I need to be more like that sometimes. Oh, you man. Know, so, uh, yeah, I think his grace is like powerful enough that, you know, when he wants you to do something, like he'll, mm. yeah, yeah, I didn't have to, yeah. Distress too was, much, worry. Yeah, he took care of it. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> so I know that you're new to the role of vocations director. So mm-hmm. I know it's um, so it might be a tough question, but you mentioned that as you were discerning and as you were applying for the, for your, um, for, for the order of, of that you're part of, that the question did come up about, well, do you have any kind of loan? Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, as your role as director, um, how often does that issue of student, student loan debt come up or any kind of debt, but mainly student loan debt? Is that something that's common, that that conversation happens with, with applicants, or is it not common? And, and if it is common, what direction do you normally, maybe not, I don't know if you've had to do it too many times, but what direction mm-hmm. do you send those young ladies? Like, okay, we have this this problem, but I do have a solution for you or there's a solution that's out there for you. Not just like, okay, figure it out. Like, well, how does that yeah. competition usually look like? Yeah. So yeah, I haven't been on the, the director side of the conversation a whole lot, but sister Lois, who has been um, the vocation director for like 20 years, she's been, I've been oh, saying wow. she's been onboarding me throughout the summer. It's been a, mm-hmm. it's been a blast. Um, so the question and the conversation about loan debt, I think happens with any candidate um i mean and we one we have to ask it just because it's so prevalent and um it's something that we as like as a community have to like be prepared for or you know be realistic about um you know what this young woman might have to do to be able to enter um so sometimes that question is very like that conversation is very short and says like oh yeah i'll pay for it blah 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 i'm like well it's great, but I do think uh, the majority of the time is like, well, I do have some some student loans from college, you know, and um, I feel like the entrance age is going to, I think our average is like rounded up to like 23 in the last 10 years, like it's been at hmm. an average age of 23 people enter. So I think it's going to be, it, it tends to be after college that young women kind of make that decision. Um, so yeah, then loan debt. Okay. Um, so then first, or like our, our charism and our community, we have a very special devotion to St. Joseph. We're all mm-hmm. like named for him. We have a title of St. Joseph after our name. So usually the first thing we do is like, okay, so we're going to like put St. Joseph on this task to like um, help you with your student loans. That's how our founding was able to happen. Like our mother founders turned to him with debts and bills and all sorts of things. Um, and even this, a young woman who's entering our community in September, in January, she wasn't sure what, if it was gonna work out. I'm like, oh, okay, well, let's pray. And then like, yeah, do whatever you can. So she now has a very uh, big devotion to him too. <laughs> um, so, and then like, what kind of, I guess, uh, practi- practical um, guidance is, yeah, we can't necessarily solve the problem or solve the problem for them or say like, right. yeah, well, we, I have a, a way to do this. Um, but we do work with them and direct them to yeah, talking to their, their home parishes, parishes that they maybe worked at in, in lay ministry. Um, yeah. Knights of Columbus, a lot of, 
not even our can uh, candidates, but I've seen other candidates using like GoFundMe accounts. Um, and it's been interesting. Like there, I think there's communities out there that want to help and they just don't know. Hmm. So like when this young woman says like, you know, puts out a GoFundMe account or something and then parents of our sisters find it like, Oh, I want to, I, I want to do something. I want to help. Like it's just, um, so they're out, they're there and they want to help. It's just, yeah, it's hard to find um, like a streamline. It's a lot of, yeah, it's just a lot of asking, a lot of prayer. <laughs> How are you seeing this affecting um, those who are presently discerning? Are they hmm. similar to you in that they just kind of have a faith that it'll be taken care of? Hmm. Are they in a panic? Like, are they, you know, uh, just digging in and, and jumping to hard work or, or does it base, is it based on their personality? Um, I'm just curious how mm. this is affecting the discernment process before these loans are under control because some of these loans are, you know, hitting six figures for a lot of people. Um, yeah. I'm just really curious how that 23 year old who's looking at, mm. at, um, religious life, how is this affecting her discernment process? Mm. I, yeah, I think there's a lot of variables that it like depends. Mm -hmm. So, um, I'll start with like, just, yeah, the example of the young woman that's entering our community, she's a little older, so she's like, she's 26. Um, but she had been a focused missionary. So then she had all this experience of fundraising her own salary. Mm -hmm. So like when you have to look at, okay, I have to fundraise my, my whole salary and no one's going to do it except me. Mm -hmm. Um, so she had like some of those skills to fall back on. Um, in order to like fundraise what she needed um, for her loans. So that's, yeah, a, a totally different situation. But yeah, like some 23-year-old with like six-figure student loan, I think it can be very discouraging, especially if it's at a, a level where a community just can't absorb that, you know, immediately. Um, then... I think it's hard to then discern through like conflict. Then those are like conflicting, mm. almost conflicting signs of like, well, mm. the Lord's put this on my heart, but then this real situation, which the Lord also uses, um, is happening. So those things seem to be in Congress. Mm. Uh, they're, they're competing against each other. So I think that does create a lot of turmoil, like in somebody, sorry, in somebody's, um, yeah, inner peace because, um, yeah, Lord, you're telling me one thing, but then this obstacle is here. So, like, what are you, what are you doing? Um, so, I think, I think in the future, like working with young women, like through that kind of process, is going to be difficult. Um, yeah, so I'm not sure how, like, much of like a permanent bar it has been or not, but it's yeah poses some problems. You mentioned that the age of, mo like the average age is about 23, which means that they've already finished college. Is that, is that age gone up? Has it gone down? Like what is over the, I mean, I know you haven't been director mm -hmm. for that long, but just in your experience as, as being a religious, mm -hmm. have you seen that, that number go up or go down or you're not really sure? I'm just curious. Yeah. And you know, I'm not really sure. Um, at least like talking amongst our sisters, we feel like it's going up just like, life experiences of young people mm. it just feels like yeah people are like staying home a little longer or you know maturing a little like there's just like the maturing process right now is just very different than it was years ago <laughs> um so yeah it would be interesting to see like what that looks like in another like yeah. five years ten years but. 
I'm just curious. It's um, interesting. I'm wondering also like why, if it's getting older, is it because girls are wanting to go to college more? I'm just curious, just thinking out mm. loud really, but mm. interesting. Yeah. Food for thought, I guess. <laughs> but uh, so I was super intrigued because you had told us that so I'm all about like leaders getting together and like talking. And I think that's so awesome. And you had mentioned that, and correct me if I say it incorrectly, please, but you meet with the council of major superiors of women religious. Did I say it right? Perfect. Yes. Perfect. And <laughs> it was, I was looking at my, I want to say this correctly. So um, you meet with them. I'm, I'm not sure how often you guys meet, but I'm, I'm curious. I'm sure that there's many really important topics you guys talk about. Um, and I'm, I'm wondering how much, of that discussion is is ever pointed towards student loan debt and how you ladies as as the leaders of your communities can point the young ladies in the correct direction as far as helping them find a way to get their loans paid off since you're not at a place to pay them off for them but maybe you could point them in the right direction so i'm just curious is that a topic that comes up in those gatherings does it not come up if it comes up like how worried is the community as a whole about this topic i think I, yeah, I think it's like a topic that is discussed like when, you know, in between time in a workshop or something, everyone's mm. gathered around, you know, the water or something. And it's like, yeah, I have no idea what to do or, you know, so I, yeah. I also haven't been at like formation workshops quite yet, but, um, but I think it's a problem that all vocation directors, I think, deal with. Um, but I'm not sure as an organization, if we really have yeah, really concerted effort toward um, answering that question or giving resources or best practice yeah. or, or that sort of thing. Yeah, because it's because there's so much to talk about. Because <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, forming young women from our current culture into a religious community, there's a lot to talk yeah. about. There's a lot going on. <laughs> You know, um, just like yep. human formation, healing, like a personal relationship with Jesus. Like it, it's a lot. Yeah. I'm hoping it's talked about because I mean, I'm sure there are like best practices or like what, you know, some things that work well, you know, that we could share. And what I'm thinking here is if this is one thing we can take off the plate of the religious as laity, we should. I mean, this is not an issue that they should have to deal with. So I feel like this is a discussion mm -hmm. we need to have among ourselves as lady. How can we support our religious? What can mm -hmm. we do? What can, I mean, I have no idea how this works and I'm just speaking out of turn, but what can university endowments do when someone goes to a four-year Catholic mm -hmm. university and they start discerning mm -hmm. and we have them owe $100,000 to a Catholic university? I, I would think that there's things we can do. And I'm probably speaking out of turn. I might get my hand. I <laughs> but it sounds reasonable to me. <laughs> it sounds reasonable to I mean, me that this is something we can take off the plate of the religious. We ask them to live in poverty. We ask them to not have assets, to give up all these things. Why can't we take this off their plate? So I don't know. Sister, you're, you're our last guest in this series, and it's been such, for me, more impactful than I could have ever anticipated when we started this. And I feel like this is a discussion we need to continue on as laity. How can we take this off the plate of the religious? Mm. How can we take this off vocations yeah. directors' agenda at their conference? You know, this needs to be something we take care of. If this is one thing we can do, we can do it. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I know that we're, I have four kids I'm funding college uh, accounts for right now. And um, it, it's expensive, but 
y'all are taking a vow of poverty. You are taking a vow of simplicity and how, mm-hmm. what can we do? So I feel like this is a discussion, Diana, we need to have later on as to what can we do as laity yeah. um, to support them and, yeah. and everything else they do. But um, so I think we'll take that conversation uh, to, uh, to another podcast another day. But sister, I'm wondering <laughs> what piece of advice would you give to someone who's thinking about religious um, life when they're dealing with student loans. I'm just wondering what hmm. you can tell them that would make the discernment process easier for them, but also easier for you as <laughs> director of vocations. Hmm. You're going to have a lot on your plate soon. Um, hopefully that. I hope so. Yeah. Right, God willing. <laughs> so what piece of advice would you give? Oh, um, I would, yeah, start at the most important thing. Like if, like you really in your heart know that Jesus is calling you and he's yeah, given you that gift, like a student loan can't take that away. Like Mm. stress can't take that away. Nothing can take that away. Um, So yeah, it might not happen the way it's meant that you thought it would happen or the timeline that you thought it would happen. Um, But he doesn't work in expected ways either. Um, and again, I, I'm lucky enough to just be talking to women most of the time. So I don't know if this works for the men, but like every great love story has a lot of like bumps and turns and, mm. you know, you have to fight for each other. So he's going to do that for you in this process. So like, if you feel like, okay, Lord, you're like, you're calling me. I know that. Um, but this seems like insurmountable. It's like, well, are you going to trust me even now? Like, I want you to trust me in this. Like, we're going to get through this together. Um, so I think, like, if that's, if your relationship with him is solid and you trust him, like, yeah, it's going to be hard, but it's gonna, you're going to get to the end of it. Like, it's going to be better than you would imagined it was going to be. So I love that advice. And that advice I think is applicable for anyone in anything that they're doing in their life. I was like, I'm not discerning, but I just felt that in my heart so deeply. (laughs) I'm also curious, a little off topic, but you said that your grandmother prays her only decade for you. Do you have siblings? (laughs) Do they know this? Because if my grandmother told me that, I would not tell my siblings that. (laughs) Uh, I don't, I only, luckily I only have one brother, but if he's getting dipped out of a decade, then... Um, I have not, I have not mentioned that to him. So (laughs) we won't tell him. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That's awesome. Thank you so much for your time, sister. Um, before we close, we were hoping that you could help us by closing in prayer. Unless Kaylin, you had anything else you wanted to ask or discuss? No, we just appreciate you. And uh, yeah, we appreciate your, your message because this hopefully I keep saying the word impactful, but I'm really praying it's impactful for those who maybe discerning or, or not someone who's thinking, how can I help? This is how yeah. they can help. They can help yeah. reduce the barriers for our religious. You know, I'll mm. put the links to the fund for religious, uh, the modern Ecclesiastic fund mm. for religious in the notes. I'll put the post, um, or I'll post the link to the, uh, uh library society, whichever one mm. speaks to your heart, but we need to get, we need to get people through. Um, and like I said, I have four little ones that I'm, I, I need them to see the normalcy of vocations. Mm -hmm. It's, Mm -hmm. it's not fair to them if they don't see how normal it is. And we already have them living in Las Vegas. Like I need to see, (laughs) seeing religious people and the normalcy of it and the beauty of it and how, you know, happy people are when they answer God's call. So I appreciate you answering God's Mm -hmm. call. And I just, 
this impacts those mm-hmm. people who can normalize this for my children selfishly, mm-hmm. but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, I've appreciated this is, I don't know what I was expecting, but this isn't quite what I thought. And it's been even better. Like, um, yeah, I think the point of what you're making is that this is how we can complement each other in our different vocations. Mm-hmm. Like it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty obvious. We, yeah, we can't do it alone and neither can you. And this is, that's what the church is. So it's, yeah, it's really edifying to, yeah, to hear that and to, yeah, not feel like we're alone either. So thank you for that. <laughs> but your friends okay. in Las yeah, Vegas and Miami. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no right. quarantine necessary. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, a lot to pray for, but we can yes. pray. Okay. In the name of the Father and Father, Son, the Holy Son, Spirit. Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Come, Holy Spirit. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, I thank you so much for the call that you've placed on each of our hearts. Thank you for uh, calling Caitlin and Diana to this work. I ask you to uh, bless this uh, ministry, bless anyone who hears these words. Father, I ask you especially to send your Holy Spirit to all the young people that are discerning uh, your call to religious life or the priesthood. I ask you to grant them much courage and peace through any obstacles, any uh, any hindrances that they um, rely on you and find their joy in you. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Father and Son, Holy Spirit. Thank you so much, sister. That was beautiful. You're awesome. You're welcome. For more information about Compass Catholic Ministries, including the various Bible studies and services that we offer, please visit compasscatholic.org. If you enjoy Money Stories, please share it with a friend. You may also like Compass Catholic's other podcast, Manage Your Money God's Way, available wherever you get your podcast. If you have any comments about today's show or suggestions for future shows, please email us at info at compasscatholic.org. Thanks for listening and God bless.